Well, hello and welcome to the Midweek Connection. It's Wednesday, November the 15th, 2023. Now, in addition to this week's announcements, I'm going to be responding to a question concerning how to interpret Scripture. I think you'll find it very practical and helpful, so let's get to it. this week's announcements. Number one, the 2023 Christmas Women's Event titled Light of the World is coming up Sunday, December the 3rd from 5 to 7 p.m. in the Worship Center. Uh, the cost is $15, which includes a catered dinner, dessert, and a special message by guest speaker Nicole Young. Now, I'm told we already have 100 ladies registered, but there is room for you. But we do need you to register by this Sunday, November the 19th, if you plan to attend. Now, you can register this Friday using the link provided in the email blast, or you can register Sunday in the Mission Cafe at the women's event table. Number two, the Caregivers Support Group is meeting Sunday, November the 26th from 2 to 3 p.m. in the TMC Community Room. The topic is dementia conversations and this is designed to offer tips on how to have honest and caring conversations about some of the most common issues facing uh, dementia patients like going to the doctor and driving and making legal and financial decisions uh, no RSVP is required if you have questions contact you can contact Barb Strong and her email has been there on the screen. Number three, men's breakfast. The men's breakfast is coming up this Saturday, November the 18th at 8 a.m. Now, a delicious breakfast because the ovens will be working this time, I'm trusting and praying, will be served. And one of our elders, David Cortner, will bring the next segment of our series, Priorities of a Godly Man. The topic this month is prioritizing your relationship with your wife to lead her spiritually. Now I'm going to be there and so I encourage you to be there as well. Finally, this Sunday, November the 19th, is our annual Thanksgiving celebration service and we at TMC have much to be thankful for. Some of the special features of the service will be seven baptisms to include the testimonies of each person being baptized there will be a very special intergenerational testimony by Dave Denadell and Ben Stearns. I'll be sharing an update concerning our shrinking debt, which is exciting, and I will share the final number of the 2023 Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Initiative. So, it's going to be a full and exciting day. And I encourage you to join with your TMC family to give thanks for God's goodness to us. Well, that's what I have for this week's announcements. Now, let's turn our attention to questions for the pastor. Well, today's question for the pastor comes from a member who asks, 
How do I discern what is symbolic or literal in Scripture? Well, thanks for that question. It's a very important and practical one. So let's begin with this word. The word is hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. A common definition of the word hermeneutics is the science and art of biblical interpretation. It's called a science because there are rules to follow pertaining the act of interpreting Scripture. It's called an art because communication is flexible and at times a mechanical rigid application of rules can distort the true meaning of a communication. And so, there is the need to discover and practice tried and true rules relating to biblical interpretation and there is a need to also develop the art of applying those rules. Now as we think about this issue of interpreting scripture, determining what's what's literal, what's figurative, a full discussion of this topic would take many weeks of a midweek connection. Uh, and that's not really what's being asked for, not a full explanation. So I'm going to stick to the question at hand. How does one discern what is literal and what is figurative in Scripture? Well, I turned to our resident expert on principles of biblical interpretation, Pastor Brett, and he shared uh, a couple of points with me that he uses in his teaching on the topic, as well as he reminded me of a source that we both have in our libraries that is very helpful concerning this topic. Now, as a general interpretive rule, we should anticipate and assume that the text of Scripture is to be interpreted literally unless the specific literary genre dictates or necessitates a different interpretive approach. You know, it's not widely known, but Scripture comes in several types of literary genres. There is the narrative, which is like a story. Most of the Old Testament is narrative. It's recounting specific events and conversations and such. And then we have the Gospels, which are all about what Jesus said and what Jesus did. And again, the Gospels are, are mostly narrative. The, the book of Acts is a, a historical uh, transition type of a book from the, from the old economy, the law, to uh, the economy of grace. Uh, after Christ's uh, death on the cross and resurrection and ascension to heaven. There is apocalyptic literature, uh, apocalyptic meaning revelation, not the book of Revelation, but revelation in general. Um, uh, and apocalyptic or revelation type literature occurs in both the Old and the New Testament. Revelation now talking about the book we're currently studying in our Sunday morning worship gatherings is an example in the New Testament of apocalyptic literature. And then there's poetry and wisdom literature. Uh, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Psalms, Proverbs are filled with figurative language and imagery. Now, here is a point that I want us to consider at this time. In Scripture, even when a passage is figurative, it's painting a picture of what is literal. Now, there are many such figurative passages in the book of Revelation. Now, the source that Brett reminded me of is a book titled, 
Living by the Book, written by Howard G. Hendricks and his son William D. Hendricks. It's a book that is scholarly enough to give a strong foundation in biblical interpretation, yet it is down-to-earth enough that you don't need a special seminary degree to read and understand it and grow thereby. Chapter 36 in the book is titled, Figuring Out the Figurative, and it is helpful in answering today's question. Dr. Hendricks gives 10 steps to help the Bible reader with literal versus figurative. And I want to review those briefly. So I'm going to be pulling right out of his book, uh, not only the points, but then some illustrations uh, relating to the point. Okay? So number one, Dr. Hendricks says that we are to use uh, the literal sense of a reading unless there is some good reason not to. Now, what might be a good reason not to? Well, we might look to the to the book of the Song of Song of Solomon. You know, over the years, I've heard it said that the Song of Solomon is an allegory of the relationship between Christ and His Church. But quite honestly, to arrive at that, one would, would have to ignore the obvious literalness of Solomon celebrating erotic love and marriage. <laughs> so, given the subject matter and the context, a literal interpretation where we uh, is what we would need to, uh, to come to as we read through the Song of Solomon rather than allegorizing it in some form to relate to Christ and His church. Number two, use the figurative sense when the passage tells you to. Now, I don't know that there's any specific passage in Scripture that directly tells you to do it, but when you consider, for example, the dreams of Joseph or Pharaoh in Genesis, uh, or the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. Uh, they are prophetic in nature. They, they forecast events yet to come. Um, yet the characters in the dreams and the images in the dreams themselves are very figurative. And so by their very nature, these types of passages inform us to see them in their figurative or symbolic sense. Number three. Use the figurative sense if a literal meaning is impossible or absurd. So take, for example, Revelation chapter 1, verse 16, where John says that he saw a sharp two-edged sword coming from the mouth of the glorified Christ. Now, it's not impossible because God can make anything happen, right? But it is quite absurd. Uh, the two-edged sword is meant to paint a picture of the power of Jesus' words. It is not to be taken clearly, literally, as though an actual sword was coming out of his mouth. John saw that imagery, but when he speaks of it, that's what he's doing. He's speaking of the imagery of what he saw. Number four, we are to use the figurative sense if the literal meaning would involve something immoral. In John chapter 6, verses 53 through 55, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. <laughs> now, is Jesus meaning for us to take His comments literally here? 
To do so would be to practice cannibalism, and cannibalism is immoral. No, I think it's clear that Jesus' intention is not for us to take this literally. And honestly, when you read the passage in its context, the people who heard him say it, they understood that Jesus was speaking figuratively. Uh, So Jesus was using this figurative language, really, to talk about the necessity of one receiving the Messiah, his sacrifice for sin for themselves. Uh, We know that his flesh was was broken and and his blood was spilled out as the atoning sacrifice for sin. And quite frankly, unless we receive that by faith, we cannot be saved from our sin. And and, uh, that was a precursor before it actually happened of Jesus calling on people to receive him in his totality. Number five, we are to use the figurative sense if the expression is an obvious figure of speech. The words like and or as, those two words, like or as, often signal that a figure of speech is about to be given. In Proverbs eleven twenty two, uh, we find this statement. It says, like a gold ring in a pig's snout (laughs) is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. So this is a figure of speech, um, and it is comparing one thing to another to make a point. So we will find the word like throughout the book of Revelation. And when we do, we can understand that a figure of speech or um, something that is figurative is about to be proclaimed. Number six, the figurative, use the figurative sense if a literal interpretation goes contrary to the context and scope of the passage. You know, it cannot be said enough really that context when reading scripture is king. In Revelation chapter 5, we read about the lion of the tribe of Judah. The context there, specific, the very immediate context, verses 1 through 5, simply do not allow for the reader to believe that an actual lion is in view. It's a title, the lion of the tribe of Judah, given to the Messiah, Jesus. And so we are to understand that figuratively, not literally, as in an actual lion. Number seven. Use the figurative if a literal interpretation goes contrary to the general character and style of the book from which you're reading. So prophetic or apocalyptic literature as well as poetic literature is characterized. It's it's, it's characterized by imagery and thus is typically intended to be taken figuratively. Psalm 63.7 says this about God. In the shadow of thy wings I sing for joy. Question, does God have wings? (laughs) Well, no, he doesn't. But as wings spread to make a bird soar, or as a mother bird may spread her wings to gather her young ones in for safety, so God places his own under his care. It's a figurative way And the literature itself is is figurative, and so we're to understand it in that way. Number eight, we are to use the figurative sense if a literal interpretation goes contrary to the plan 
and purpose of the author. In Psalm 1, we find that a person who delights in God's law will be like a well-watered tree. And then in verse 3, it says, In whatever he does, he prospers. You know, it's been claimed that this scripture promises material prosperity to the faithful believer. But to arrive at that interpretation would go contrary to the overall plan and purpose of the author for that book or section of book. And so that would clue us in that we are to understand the difference between literal versus figurative. Number nine says, use the figurative sense if a literal interpretation involves a contradiction of other scripture. Here's a little principle to, to grasp. You always want to let Scripture interpret Scripture. In Mark chapter 10, verse 25, we find this statement from Jesus. He said, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. You know, some have explained that this is a passage that suggests that salvation is not for the rich. But other scripture is clear that salvation is for all people who will repent and embrace Jesus by faith, whether they're poor, middle class, or rich. And so we need to understand that we can't have one scripture contradicting with other scripture. Finally, number 10, use the figurative sense if a literal interpretation would involve a contradiction in doctrine. So consider 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. The Apostle Paul says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. Now some have interpreted this as saying that if a Christian uh, were to commit suicide, in other words, if they were to destroy the life of their body, that God then would destroy them by removing their salvation. And that is an improper interpretation because it would um, be a direct violation of the doctrine of eternal security, which I don't have time to explain right now, but it, it would violate that very clear doctrine taught in Scripture. And so we cannot interpret that verse in a way that would violate clear doctrinal teaching. So as I begin to bring this thing to a close, I just want to say this, that we always need to remember that Scripture interprets Scripture. So one Scripture is not going to contradict another Scripture. There may be many things that are difficult to understand, paradoxes, etc., but Scripture does not violate other Scripture. It actually interprets Scripture. So we should uh, read and interpret Scripture literally. Just always go to the Word with your thought process saying, I'm going to read this literally, unless it falls under one of these ten principles. Now there is figurative, symbolic language in Scripture, but it is there to communicate a literal truth. And so we want to always be looking for the literal in the figurative. Okay, so I want to recommend to you this book, Living by the Book, to learn more about tried and true methods of interpreting Scripture. 
Also, I want to encourage you to take Pastor Brett's class on learning to read the Bible for yourself because he really does do a great job teaching practical ways to read Scripture, to find the meaning of the Scripture, and the applications therein. Okay? So those would be my recommendations. I hope that this talk has helped in some way, uh, and uh, I would encourage you to avail yourself of the resources I've just mentioned. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the Word, as I do every time, and for the truth that is there, and for the way that you have presented it to us. And Lord, we come to understand that while there are difficult passages, that if we apply these principles and others that I didn't even talk about today, that there are tried and true methods of being able to read it and to understand as we look at the historical, the contextual, the grammatical makeup, the, the genre of a book. As we come to understand these things, the, the scripture begins just to come alive and we can clearly understand what you are teaching us and what you want us to take from individual passages of Scripture. Father, I pray that those who are listening will be students of the Word, and they won't just just read it to read it, but that they'll read it to learn. They'll read it to discover the truths that are there and to also apply them to their individual life. Father, help us to grow. Help us as a community of faith to encourage one another, to train one another, to teach one another, and to help one another in this process of reading the Scripture, understanding it, and applying it. And as you do those things, Lord, we will give you the thanks and the praise for it. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this coming Sunday, we are celebrating God's faithfulness to us as individuals and as a church. As I said earlier, we're going to witness seven baptisms, an intergenerational testimony, and I'm going to cover the sixth letter that Jesus dictated to the churches. We'll be looking at the fruitful church, the church of Philadelphia, not Pennsylvania. Okay. So until then, God bless and have a great week.